as we hear our psalm for the day. Psalm 15, with the first line of 16 as well. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know we live in the midst of so many dangers that in our frailty we cannot stand upright. Grant strength and protection to support us in all dangers and carry us through all temptations through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament reading from the prophet Micah in the sixth chapter. Hear what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the indictment of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has an indictment against his people, and he will contend with Israel. O oh, my people, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, and I sent you before Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O oh, my people, remember what Balak, king of Moab, devised, and what Balaam, the son of Baor, answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the righteous acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from the first letter to the Corinthians in the first chapter. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where's the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. 
not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel. From Matthew's gospel in the fifth chapter. Seeing the crowds, he, Jesus, went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for gathering us together into your presence as you gather us together around your word and around your gifts. As you bring us together as your people, we pray that you would move by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us rest in the promises you give us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. This time of the church year is still considered the season of Epiphany, this time after Christmas, before Lent, and we kind of sit along in this time and see how God's Word brings Jesus to us, this light in the darkness, this Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world, as John the Baptist would call him. Today we see Jesus bringing a word that is a little different than what most of the Pharisees and others would bring to the people of Israel. And quite honestly, it still lands a little bit funny to our ears as well. But it's a beautiful word, promise, a beautiful word of gospel. Let's remember where Jesus has been so far. So, as uh, we heard two weeks ago, Jesus was coming in after his baptism, after the temptation in the desert, leaving his hometown of Nazareth, coming into Capernaum, and he comes in with the same message that John the Baptist had, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's quite a thing to hear. I mean, I know a lot of us say how we like to be held accountable, and we like to be told that, uh, you know, there's a particular... Thing we should be doing in life, and if, if we're ever going off track, we want somebody to kind of bring us back in line and that sort of thing. But do we really? 
that. I mean, imagine, here he is, the Son of God, this light who has come into the darkness to bring the kingdom of heaven into creation, this voice and word that was present to the creating of everything, now present, walking around, and his first words to his people are repent, stop it, turn around, about face. All of those would be in the meaning of that word, repent. See, here's the word in the presence of darkness, knowing everything that's gone on throughout all of the years. He knew everything that had gone on through all the years of the people of Israel. He knew everything that had gone on before the flood, after the flood. He's known everything that's gone on since that time, knows everything that's gone on in your life as well. And all these things, sometimes we're okay with him seeing some of it, and other parts of it we kind of go, no, we wish you wouldn't look at that, Jesus. He knows the deeds we've done. He knows the things we've done and left undone. He knows our thoughts, words, every way in which we've uh, taken care of folks and every which way we've not taken care of folks. And he calls and he says, repent. Why? Well, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ooh. I mean, like, God present in the middle of things? Him actively reigning and ruling and goes, yeah, repent because God's kingdom is the one that's there. He is the king and he is going to be present. He is there in and amongst everything. And so here is the kingdom of heaven. And this beautiful, wonderful kingdom of heaven is present in and amongst creation there in Jesus. And he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. See, those words make us think for just a second. If his is the kingdom then I guess we don't get to run our own little kingdoms. He says, stop. The true king is here. So we get called to be accountable. The hard part with that is we don't really know what to do with it. And so we kind of sit and we say, okay, we hear the king's voice. We hear the king's word. We hear Jesus' word that says, repent and stop the way you're going and turn around. And then we say, great. Where to? And then we hear Jesus' next words in the Gospel of Matthew as he's calling disciples. He says, follow me. Okay. Where? <laughs> and then you hear him just say, come and see. And go, I have no idea where you're going. He goes, That's right. Because you're not leading. I am. Have you ever followed somebody? Remember the the days before you had a map on your phone? And if you weren't driving with a paper map in front of you, which I don't suggest uh, because it's really hard to see the road when you have a paper map in front of you, and if you didn't have a navigator next to you holding the map the wrong way to flip it over, uh, but if you were following somebody through town, right, how nervous did you get at every yellow light and every green light that you thought was going to be a yellow light, and then when you see their car coming up to a yellow light, and you know they could make it through, and you start wondering, are they going to remember that I'm back here? Are they going to remember that if they go through, I'm stopped at a red light, what are they going to do if they make it through the yellow light? Are they going to pull off to the side? Are they going to just keep going? Am I going to lose them around the next turn? You know what it feels like to follow someone when you don't know the way. Jesus calls us out and says, follow me. We say, yeah, but I don't know where you're going. Again, he says, that's right. So follow me. 
they close. Come see. You know you can't go your own way because you know that that's not the way you should be going. Yet you don't know the way to go, and so Jesus says, I am going to lead you. I am the kingdom of heaven at hand. I am the one that's going to bring you everything that you need. I'm the one that's going to bring you grace and mercy from the Father. I'm the one that's going to bring you forgiveness of sins. I'm the one that's going to bring you back on track and then also make sure you stay there. Follow me. But how many things do we really like to follow in life? There's a lot. We like to follow our own hearts which we hear Paul say later in the epistles, are full of sin and evil, and there's nothing but darkness that resides within those. That's probably not a good thing to follow. We like to follow trends. We like to follow culture. We like to follow politicians. We like to follow news. We like to follow all kinds of different things. We like to follow group thought when groups get together and decide that one particular way is good. We like to... Make sure that maybe Jesus follows us in our desires so that we can lead a little bit and say, Jesus, this is really the way we should be going. How about you come alongside and we take your word and change it a bit so that your word matches what I want to do? He says, no, repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Follow me. Okay. What's that look like, Jesus, if... I don't know what direction to go, and I know who to follow. He says, let me tell you what that looks like, as you are spiritually poor and begging. Because that's really who we are, spiritual beggars. Not knowing the way to heaven, not knowing the way to those things, and in our times before baptism, and even in our times after baptism through life, when we start to ponder and wonder and think through things, sometimes we lose our way, and we sit with open hands, knowing that we can't go the way we want, knowing that we're supposed to follow Christ, yet we don't know what all that looks like, and so we sit as spiritual beggars with our hands open, and Jesus stands and looks at you, and he says, blessed are you who are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. You mean the kingdom of heaven that's at hand? The one that you promised us when you said repent? He says, yeah, it's yours. It's yours because you can't do anything about it on your own. And that kingdom of heaven comes to you freely, graciously, mercifully from the Father. And he says, look, this is yours. As you sit there not knowing what direction to go or what to do at all and knowing that all that you put your hands to without God's direction, ends up taking you further away from God. And then he says, look, stop. I'm here with you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the beggarly in spirit, the needy in spirit, the ones who have nothing to offer spiritually. Blessed are you because the kingdom of heaven is yours. He declares who you are, and he recognizes who you are as one who is lacking and needing. And he says, that's exactly why I'm here to hand over to you everything that you need for heaven, everything that you need for eternity, everything that you need to lead you and guide you, and not only that, but to carry you along when you can't walk so that you would be his, lacking nothing at all in Christ. As much as we beg, he's there in giving. In fact, he's generally giving before we even beg. And he draws us into his presence and he says, I know exactly what you need. Come here. Follow me. I am the kingdom of heaven present for you to give you everything. 
in Christ. Amen. You pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you give. Where we may want to lead, you call us back to follow you. Where we think we have everything needful, we realize our hands are empty. And as spiritual beggars, you continue to fill our hands, fill our needs, with all that's necessary for eternity. It may not make sense to us here and now, or may not even look like we're blessed. Yet, in your word, in your promise, we are. We pray that you continually hold on to us in Jesus, and forgive us on his account. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you to rise.